Hey, this is Homer Hargrove. I'm the pastor of Grape Top Church, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for connecting with our family today, and I hope this message inspires you and that it makes a difference in your life. Enjoy the message. Hi, welcome to Grape Top Church Online. I'm your host, Homer Hargrove, and today we are continuing our series, Joyful. And this series is actually... Uh, I was really excited to do this series um, with our church. I know that sometimes I can be, uh, did y'all hear that? Is that Santa Claus coming? (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, And our special guest today is going to be St. Nicholas himself. Uh, But I I really was excited about doing this series uh, called Joyful. And I really feel like the Holy Spirit was was leading and speaking in the series. I was about to do a series about the book of Revelation, which, hey, maybe that will still come later on. But I really felt like the Lord um, uh, gave a, a new direction with the series about Joyful. And I really believe that the Holy Spirit is wanting to restore the joy of our salvation, that he wants to make us passionate again. He wants, uh, he wants his people to be happy and experience his peace and he really wants to to break this cycle of anxiety and stress and worry, even depression over his church that the church has been carrying for such a long time. Um, not saying that our, this joyful series will break uh, the bondage of depression for the entire nation or the world, but we can start at Gravetop, right? Uh, that's that's where we're going to be. So today, our series uh, in our series, we're starting with a me- uh, we're having a message called "Why Worry." Why worry? I wonder what today is going to be about, right? And uh, I'm looking, I'm looking through Terry through the the little hole in the <laughs> between our, our uh, camera devices. I'm like, hey, Terry. <laughs> um, but all the people in the, online are just like, oh, I thought that was like a special. <laughs> Terry is right behind the camera, so if I'm looking at the camera, just know I'm actually looking at Terry. Sorry, guys. Um, but. Uh, we're going to be really talking about worry, and I really feel as, uh, you know, it's once been said that all of our emotions can be broken down to either love or fear, and when it comes to anxiety, depression, the things that stress us out, I think that it can really boil down to fear, and a step above that is worry, and with all of the things that we worry about today, I really believe that in this message, um, we're going to look at scripture of how to tear down these pillars of worry in our life. And so starting off, uh, our first point is consider the opportunity. Consider the opportunity. And every struggle is an opportunity to grow. Every struggle is an opportunity to grow. Let me share the scripture in James Chapter 1, verse 2 through 4. It says, Consider it all joy, my brothers and sisters, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance, and let endurance have its perfect result, so that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. What's interesting about this scripture is that it's telling us that every single thing that we face in life comes 
with a choice to be positive and joyful about it, even trials and struggles. Consider it all, all joy. And what's, what I find about this scripture and what I uh, was even uh, thinking about just all this text um, from thousands of years ago, and it talks about worry and stress in a way that we still relate to today. Have you ever thought about that connection? Do you not sometimes imagine the people in Bible times to be so out of touch with what our lives are like now? And yet it consistently talks about worry and stress in a way that we relate to so tangibly to where we want to write it on our coffee mugs. We want to hang pictures of it in our house. That The way that it talks about worry shows that worry is something that has always been around all the way back to Genesis. I mean, the creation of time, all the way back to Adam and Eve, there was worry. So to know that as soon, well, as, soon as sin entered the world, there was worry. And this, it doesn't matter where in the world we are, worry is there. And with all that worry, with all the fears, with all the things that stress us out, the scripture is telling us that we can consider it all joy. Consider it all joy. It's really saying, just be positive. <laughs> right? Like Terry always tells us in the feedback questions, be positive, guys. <laughs> we just need to be positive. And when the scripture is talking about consider it all joy, this doesn't mean that we have to ignore our basic human emotions. It doesn't mean we ignore our basic human emotions. And it isn't trying to say that we shouldn't suppress our, that we should suppress our pain or our grief. I think one of the most, I won't say foolish, let's say silly. I think one of the silliest things that, that I've heard preachers do or people do is at funerals to say that's a celebration. Like it's trying to flip the script. Like, no, it's a celebration of their life. They're, they're in heaven now. They're, it, we can't wait to meet them. It's like, it's a really nice perspective. But if you love someone and they're gone, it's going to hurt. And I think it's easiest to say it's a celebration when it's the farther away you are emotionally. The closer you are to that person, the harder and harder it is to act like you're really celebrating. And even when we, if, if we try to, there's still that, it's almost like this passive aggressive grief that we're just putting off until we have a breakdown. And so the scripture is not telling us to suppress our basic need to grieve. Grieving is, an, is something that the Bible teaches us and tells us to do. When Moses died, they grieved and mourned for many, many days. I mean, this is a normal thing. So in no way is this scripture suggesting that we suppress our basic emotions and our human nature. But what it is saying is that in the moments of clarity, kind of like when the dust settles, we can see potential for good in anything, even pain, even in death. Those are the moments we can take those times to celebrate. Those are the times we can look at the positive side and see how even pain can be something good. The scripture is suggesting that God will pull you through these different trials and struggles that you face. Saying, consider it all joy, God's going to bring you through it. Even if it takes all the way to eternity, 
in heaven on judgment day for God to give you justice. God's going to pull you through. And with, all, with it giving this impression that God's going to pull you through, it's suggesting that we don't need to be burdened, but rather confident knowing that you will see the light at the end of the tunnel. It's telling you, you are going to make it through this. So consider it all joy, because when you do get through this, you'll be stronger than before. So consider it all joy. It, the best way that I can relate it to is whenever I work out, when I exercise, I, there's times where I'm intimidated. It's where it's like, I'm kind of tired. I don't want to feel the pain I'm about to experience. Y'all know what I'm saying? But there's not a moment where I think I'm never going to get through this. I might think I might not make, I might cut this workout early if I'm uh, having a heart attack. But even if I'm crawling away, I don't think that this is the end. I don't think that the, the end of this workout is going to be the very worst thing that's possible in my life. In fact, as I'm going through it, I endure the pain knowing that it's making me better. I endure the hardship, the trial, because I know that it's making me stronger. It, my motivation is knowing that I'm getting better. And in the same way, the scripture is projecting to have the same kind of thinking with our faith, knowing that no matter what you face, it may be a trial, but you're going to get through it and you're going to be stronger at the end. So consider it all joy. Y'all feel what I'm saying? To think that our trials and struggles are opportunities. It's a hard thing, but it takes great faith. When I think about considering pain, trials, and struggles as opportunities instead, trying to look at the bright side or the positive side, making an ugly thing into a beautiful thing, it, it makes me reflect that part of the armor of God is holding up the shield of faith. The shield of faith. It says, hold up the shield of faith to quench and stop the fiery darts of the enemy. And when I imagine these fiery arrows of the devil, it's those things that hit you and keep burning. feels like something, maybe it's a, a thought or a comment or something that enters your life and it just is like burning your mind, burning your thoughts. You can't stop thinking about it. You can't stop worrying about it. And when it says, hold up the shield of faith, it's saying, let faith block you and stop these fiery arrows. And it took me years to really understand what that meant. Faith is believing what you cannot see, right? It, it's walking even though you can't see what's in front of you. Well, when you hold up a shield in any kind of battle, you're blocking your vision in order to protect yourself. And you're trusting that that shield will stop anything from hurting you. And the Bible is suggesting that your faith can stop any of these worries if you hold it up. Y'all dig what I'm saying? Let's go into our next point, which is no time like the present. No time like the present. The most important moment of your life is the current one. The most important moment of your life is the current one. Let me share this short story. In Acts chapter 16, verse, starting in verse 22, it says, The crowd joined in an attack against them, 
And the chief magistrates tore their robes off them and proceeded to order them to be beaten with rods. When they had struck them with many blows, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to guard them securely. And he, having received such command, threw them into the inner prison and fastened their feet in the stocks. Now about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of pra uh, praise to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. This is a really famous story of scripture when Paul and Silas were in the prison cells. And at this moment, about midnight, they started singing and praising God. And right after this verse, it says all the shackles fell off and all the doors of the prison opened up. And they, instead of uh, them letting their, uh, the, the prison guard that beat them and shackled them kill himself, he stopped, them and brought them, stopped him and brought him to salvation. But what I want us, I just want us to focus on this moment right here. Let's imagine that we don't know what happens next. We're just leaving off this story on a big bummer. This is a bad day, if I've ever seen one. <laughs> I mean, we've all had bad days. But Paul and Silas had a really bad day. As they were doing what they thought were right, was right, they were beaten by crowds. I mean, I don't know if anyone here has been jumped before, but that's a terrifying experience. And there's no way you can defend yourself. There's no way, uh, you, you don't even know if you're going to live past that moment. You're helpless as a horde of people are just beating you. And then when they are taken away and they get a moment to breathe, thinking <gasps> they're beaten with rods. I don't know which one is better, but it doesn't seem good. And they, these aren't like just like rods that you would imagine, you know, like pre-laws uh, pre uh, before child abuse. <laughs> like I'd imagine when kids got paddled in school back in the day. I don't think it was as bad as this moment when Paul and Silas, two grown men, were being beaten with rods. I think it was a, a painful experience that would make a grown man fall to his knees because of how painful this experience was. So in this moment that they're having this really bad day and then they get imprisoned and shackled and left in like this solitary confinement state on the inner prison. And they're shackled in a way to where they were not even able to sleep. They would shackle them with their feet in the stocks, almost like in a standing up position. It was very uncomfortable almost impossible to sleep. That's why it says about midnight, they were still awake. So they're getting sleep deprivation. I mean, to me, it's like they could have just left a crying baby in there. It would have been the same thing. <laughs> There's no way they would sleep. But what we see is that this was a really tough day. And I don't think many of us have had a day as bad as theirs on this day, but we've definitely experienced some painful, draining, I just want this day to end kind of days. You know what I'm saying? But rather than reliving the past over and over, or even dreading what tomorrow would be like, they allowed themselves to live in a single moment of the present. They, weren't, they didn't dwell on everything that just happened, how everything was once good and went bad really fast. They didn't worry about how tomorrow was going to be like, if they were going to be allowed out of the prison. They just allowed themselves to be in that moment right then and they were able to find peace even in that silence 
And they were able to accept the freedom of choice they had to worship God, even though their bodies were shackled. Think about that for a moment. All of these reasons literally chained around them of telling them of, of why this moment is not good. Of why the present moment is horrible. And they were able to see past all of that and find freedom even while in chains. It's a powerful thing. And they were willing to search for the present moment. And they realized that the freedom to live. They realized the freedom to live in whatever moment they were currently in. And they were able to find they uh, they were able to worship God. They were able to find freedom in that moment they were currently in. And that that freedom, that realized freedom, brought an atmosphere of true freedom. It's where in that moment, they didn't have any cares in the world. If you've ever experienced worship like that, it's amazing. When you choose to worship after a really horrible day, when you choose to worship when you're so stressed about tomorrow, but you choose to worship anyway, it's the most liberating experience in the world. It feels so freeing. Because in that moment, you just feel peace and free. It's like all of those worries and cares just fall off, like it's showing the shackles here. See, worship brings an atmosphere of freedom to our lives. And in this situation, it shows how it brings freedom to even the people around us. I know when I experience freedom, when I experience worship and that freeing moment, like I'm describing, even in the midst of stress and worry and anxiety, all those things, that when I find that freedom in worship, my whole family feels it too. The whole house will feel that freedom. There's a difference in the atmosphere. In the same way, no matter what kind of emotional shackles you feel like you're stuck in, you have the true freedom to live in this moment of your life. You can take peace and joy in the single breath you take right now and acknowledge that you are free. Freedom is best seen in worship and in praise. And even that, that idea, this last point that I'm saying, finding gratitude and freedom in a single breath that you have. I mean, think about that for a moment. We, breathing is something that we just don't even, we take for granted. It, we just breathe naturally. We don't even have to think about it. And when we do think about it, we're like... <laughs> It just messes us up. It just is best to let it do its own thing, right? But if you've ever had uh, been sick before to where you can't even breathe through your nose, you have to breathe out of your mouth, how much more grateful are you for your nose once that congestion leaves? Like, oh, thank God. It's like the most, the best experience when you're able to breathe through your nose after being sick for the first time. And we become grateful for something that was so ordinary before. Now, if we were to allow ourselves to be in a single moment to where we could appreciate even just the breath that we have, the freedom that we have to worship God no matter what we face, that's a freedom. No one can take the freedom to worship God away from you. And it's a powerful thing that produces wonderful results. And... This is a moment where Paul and Silas teach us 
how to live in a single present moment no matter what worries surround us and how we can be joyful even then. Y'all feel that? Now let's go to our last point, which is day by day. Day by day. What if the best thing of your life happened tomorrow? What if the best thing of your life happened tomorrow? Some of you are like, can imagine that. Some of you are like, if he texts me tomorrow. <laughs> Some of y'all are thinking, what if I have a random uncle that's rich, like stupid rich, and they died? <laughs> and for some reason, even though it had nothing to do with them, they would leave me all this money. <laughs> man, that would be great. It'd be the first time I rejoice over someone's death, but man, that would be... <laughs> What if the best thing of your life happened tomorrow? I want you to think about what that is for you. What's the best thing of your life that if it happened tomorrow, it seems like all your worries would just fall off? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, Jesus says, So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. This is one of those scripture points where I was talking about at the beginning to where even thousands of years ago, it relates to us today. It shows that mankind is actually not so different from our past. Talking about Jesus. I mean, this is a time where they didn't even have like shoes. They just had sandals. Think about that for a moment. To where if you had more than one set of clothes, you were considered wealthy, rich. To where kings would, would spend a vast amount of resources in sending people thousands of miles to get spices. The very spices that we have back in our cabinet that are expired. That we, that we don't even care about. We would throw away frivolously. And kings would covet those things. And to know that he's talking about worry... In the same applicable way it is to us today, no matter where we are in the world, whether you're in a third world country or a first world country, it talks about worry in this universal way. Our worries are loaded to the brim as we carry our burdens on our shoulders. The list never seems to stop of the things that we stress about, the things that we find to worry about. Even when it, we finally throw out one menacing thought of worry, it seems like three more come in its place. Start doing these self-affirmations in the mirror. You ever done that before? You're like, I don't care if anyone thinks I'm crazy. And you're just looking in the mirror and like, I will overcome. I am strong. I can do this. Y'all know what I'm talking about? And you finally get that one thing that was just worrying you so much. You got it out of your head. And for a moment, it's like, you know, I feel so much better now. I feel super positive. Like, everything's going to be okay. Maybe a couple hours go by. Maybe all the way to the next day. And it seems like three more worries fill the place. And you're just back to this place of feeling so burdened and down. And trying to overcome all these worries that that 
just plague your mind. Jesus gives the most practical advice we could receive about stress and worry. And it seems that it just takes, that all he's saying is just take one day at a time. Take one day at a time. Tomorrow will worry about itself. I don't think any financial planner would suggest doing that 100%. But he's literally saying, whatever plans you made for tomorrow, now let it rest. Because tomorrow will, will, you can worry about it. Let tomorrow worry for tomorrow. Today, allow it to just be today. And his advice is just, just take one day at a time. Just take one day at a time. One could say that he's saying, just do your best today and forget the rest. Just do your best today and forget the rest. The other side of this coin is that you truly don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. There's a horrible, devastating tornado that happened over the weekend that no one saw coming. You're like, this is the opposite of... I'm trying to, the best thing that could happen today, not the worst. But see, not one of those people were, were looking out the window thinking, I wonder if the worst thing that could happen tomorrow happens. And it did. But look at all of us that had no kind of experience like that. The very best thing that could have happened to the people affected by that is for what we're living in right now. For sim- simply no, nothing to happen. And rather than worrying and troubling yourself about what could happen tomorrow, it, it's sometimes when overwhelmed, it almost helps us to focus on our primal care for a moment. It's our primal care. And that's eating and resting. Sometimes just doing that will help you to throw off some of those worries. eating and resting. Sometimes you can just celebrate in having food and shelter. That alone is something to praise God about and be grateful for. Take pleasure in the little things of a single day. Food and shelter. Eating and resting. We take that for granted every single day. And when these worries overwhelm us, maybe we should just go back to our primal instinct and knowing that if we have food today, we have a place to sleep today, then that is something to celebrate and allow ourselves to take a heart of gratitude. Y'all feel that? I, I really challenge us to practice this. Just try it for a week. Try it for a week to where you really thank God for the, the simple things like your food the roof over your head I I remember the moments when I had to sleep outside I remember the moments where I didn't have food and it really gives me a a different kind of gratitude for those things even when we pray with our kids our, our prayer for our simple grace of food first it's while I'm handing my girls their food of plate their plate of food that was my dyslexia but when I hand them their plate, I say, thank you, Jesus, for this food, right, Tamara? And then when we all sit down, we do another prayer, and we say, thank you, God, for this roof over our heads, the table we get to sit at, the sleep we got to have 
uh, in our beds last night. When, when you actually start to acknowledge and list the things that you can be grateful for, it produces a different kind of energy in your life. It, it, it makes you feel really positive because you realize how much you actually have. And, and I really challenge us to look at the little things this week. Try just thanking God for the bed you have to sleep on, the roof over your head, the simple food you have in your kitchen. Even if you just got some cans of beans, dude, that's something to be grateful for. It really is. And, and the, other, the other side of this coin is that you truly don't know what tomorrow holds. Rather than stressing about what needs to happen or worrying about what could happen, why not expect a good day? You remember when you were a kid and it was the first day of school? And I feel like each year was a little bit different. For the first time of high school, like going from middle school to high school, there's kids that were either up all night the night before just worrying, stressed out. How the hell am I going to get through tomorrow? I don't know what high school is going to be like. I don't know if I'm going to get bullied or picked on. I don't know if I'm cool yet. Like, there's just so much worry. And then there's other kids that's like, hell yeah, I'm going to lay out my clothes. <laughs> Got my new jacket. <laughs> You're like just totally excited, expecting that tomorrow's going to be a good day. You're like, I'm going to see all my homies, my friends. I, 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 got the, I know that I got classes with this person and this person. Oh, it's going to be a good day tomorrow. Y'all know what I'm talking about? What if we were to make it a point to expect a good day tomorrow? Expecting a good day rather than worrying about the worst possible thing that could happen. What if something happened that really just solved all your problems? And what if, let's just go to the idea of these problems that worry us. What if the problems you're so fixated about are really not as big of problems as you think? Why don't we finish the thought of what those problems are? Our thoughts usually are like this. If blank happened, oh no, and we kind of stop there. Maybe we'll go, oh my gosh, if blank happened, then blank. What if this happens? What if they say that? And we just leave it right there. We don't really finish the full thought. I remember when I was uh, when we first moved to San Antonio. A lot of the problems I was facing um, were financial uh, financial ruin, <laughs> not being able to pay any of my bills. And I remember the first time I couldn't pay a, a, a credit card payment. Oh my gosh! When I couldn't pay my when I was gonna miss my car payment for the first time, it was the most stressful thing in the world. I was I wanted to. I, I think I did actually punch our refrigerator because I was so worried and stressed about it. And it's like, I, I couldn't even get past of what that actually meant. I was like, I'm not going to be able to do it. Oh my gosh. And I was just so worried. And then after I wasn't able to do it, nothing happened really. <laughs> it was just like, okay. <laughs> the first time it was like, oh, we didn't get your payment. Feel free to send it again. <laughs> send it this day. It, 
we understand that things happen. You can make your payment today. <laughs> it's like they didn't even care. They're used to it. I was like, my whole life felt ruined at the moment. I remember the first time I, uh, I couldn't pay at all. I had to like default. And you think that your whole life is good. What's going to happen to my credit score? I'm, I, they're going to come and get me. Like you, you don't, you think you'll never come out of this. Have y'all seen, uh, was it Tiger King? <sighs> I'm never going to financially recover from this. <laughs> That's us all the time. And if you actually walk through it, you realize life goes on. <laughs> if you just allow yourself to be day by day, you realize, I mean, moments where I couldn't even pay my rent on time. And I was like, we're going to live on the street. And it's like, actually, it wasn't as bad as I thought. Sometimes, I, it was like times I couldn't pay something, I wouldn't even get charged a late fee. They're like, okay, we'll just pay it next time. <laughs> and, and the things that I worried about felt so, felt so big inside my head. But when I actually had to walk through it, it was minuscule to what my mind fantasized it to be. And so let's, let's really think about this. If blank happened, then what would really happen? Would it really be the end of the world or would it just be inconvenient? Or would it just be kind of embarrassing? Maybe it would just be a bummer. But at the end of the day, it's not going to ruin your entire life. It's not going to devastate your future forever. And now... Like we have our value at Gravetop Church, never assume a result without adding the power of God to it first. So if blank happened, then blank, what would really happen? Would it really be that bad? Now add the power of God to it. But God is faithful. But God will work it out for good. But God can turn even the worst results around into something good. Let's allow ourselves to just be day by day knowing that God has our back. In the end, he's able to turn anything around for good. Why worry so much? Why kick on all this worry? Why not expect a good day? Let's, let's throw down these fears. Let's throw down these, these really just negative thoughts. And ask ourselves, why worry? I want us to all bow our heads and close our eyes. And if you're here today, and this message is fitting for you, worry has been something just plaguing you day by day by day. You feel like it's even affecting not only your just normal life, but it's affecting your salvation. You're stressing out so much over things that maybe right now in this moment, you recognize as being trivial. These mountains out of molehills. Maybe you're even recognizing moments where you were angry at God for the problems you're facing. And here God is saying, let me turn it around for good. Maybe God is saying, even in this, consider it all joy. And you just feel like the Holy Spirit is ministering to you through this message, with every eye closed and head bowed, I want you to just raise your hand. Amen. So Holy Spirit, right now I pray for you to cancel and delete and rebuke all of this worry. Erase it. 
cast it out. These fears, this worry, this doubt, all of these disturbances of our mind, take it out right now, and I plead the blood of Jesus. I pray that you fill this space with your peace now, with joyful expectation. And I pray that you bring a tangible presence over your people here today, right now in this moment, and that you help them to experience what it is to count it all joy. With every head still bowed and eye closed, if you're here and maybe the thought for you is, I need to make my, my decision. I've been teetering on the fence about my relationship with Jesus of really just being a Christian, of taking it serious, and I want to make that real decision today. With every head still bowed and eye closed, I want you to raise your hand. So there to yourself, if that's you, and you want to make a decision moment, a choice today to walk with Jesus, have your own conversation with him. The Bible says in the book of Romans that if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is who he said he is, the Son of God that died on the cross and rose from the dead, surely you shall be saved. It's simply saying that if you have an authentic heart and talk to Jesus yourself, that that's all it takes to start a relationship with him. Not one person is perfect. We all look different on our journey and on our path. It's really just about the moment we start walking with him. Have that conversation with him to yourself. You don't need me to lead you through it. He knows your heart. And you can just simply talk to him and say, I'm ready. I want to walk with you. I want to take this serious. Lord, I pray that you finish what you started in your people. Soften all of our hearts. Cover us and fill us. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. In the same attitude of connection with God, I want us to go into a time of prayer and worship. And before we do, we're going to sign off online. Um, thank you guys for being a part. We love y'all so much. Have a great life. I hope you enjoyed the message today. If you did, there's a couple things that you could do to connect. First is to subscribe to our show so that the most recent episode will always be in your feed, ready when you are. And second is if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can click the link in the description or visit our website, gravetop.com, and you can give now. I'll see you next time on the Gravetop Church Podcast.